How the freak do you start a podcast? Hey friends, my name is Arton and welcome to the debut episode of In The Sticks. I am very, very excited to be bringing this little podcast to you guys. It's so good to be finally doing the damn thing rather than just telling people about it. To give you a bit of a rundown of today's episode, it will be a solo one. So just me, myself and I. I'm going to start off with an introduction on myself and my world to date. From there, I want to go into a little bit how the idea for In The Six came about um, and then what I'm looking to do with the podcast. And then finally, I want to have a chat about where I am currently. But before I get stuck into things, I want to apologize for any sheep noises that you may hear in the background. The fam recently bought me a sheep for my 23rd birthday. He has a slight case of separation anxiety and the little fella tends to carry on a little bit when he doesn't have any friends to play with. So um, bear with me. About me. So I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia to an Australian mother and a Somali father. Mum is a nurse. She is quite chill and laid back, I would say. She's very loving, very supportive. And then my dad, or Abo as we call him, is equally loving and supportive. He is, I would say, quite unique for a Somali man. Um, how would I describe him? I'm not too sure, actually. I... I'm thinking of getting him on for an episode, so you might be able to get a better vibe for him then. I am the eldest of four siblings, so I have a younger sister and two younger brothers. So shout out to the crew back in Australia. Um, I had a pretty sweet childhood, to be honest. I can really say that not much went wrong. I enjoyed school for the most part. I I didn't find it too difficult. I managed to make a really lovely group of friends and had heaps of fun growing up in the suburbs of Melbourne. I played lots of sports. So Australian rules football was one of my first loves and I actually still played up until quite recently. Um, Yeah, so I had a pretty blessed childhood, I would say. Although growing up in Australia, I did feel slightly out of touch with my Somali heritage, being heavily ingrained in Australian culture, which I loved and and still love. Um, But I did feel a little bit like something was missing. So ever since... I was younger and it's the same for my siblings, I believe. We always knew that we'd get back to our roots um, to understand a side of us that I wouldn't say was neglected, but not fully explored growing up. And this brings me to where I am now and where I record this podcast from. Hargeisa, Somaliland. 
But before we get into what I've been up of late, I'd like to touch on the origin of In The Sticks and a bit about how the idea came about. So for a good while now, I have absolutely loved podcasts. I love listening to them. I love telling people about any new podcasts that I've discovered or any new cool things that I have picked up. I must say that Natalie, my girlfriend, is the main recipient of my podcast dribble to the point where whenever we make a bet, I will often elect for my reward to be that next time we're driving in the car, that instead of listening to music, we have to listen to a podcast of my choice. Um, Yes, that's how far my love for podcasts go. Although I never really felt that I had anything interesting to talk about or anything that would warrant me starting a podcast of my own. Until, of course... I knew a trip to Somaliland and more broadly, Africa was on the cards. I I didn't know what to expect, but one thing that I knew for sure that coming over here that I would encounter a life vastly different to how we do things in Australia and that these experiences may be cool to shed some light to, I guess. So I thought, YOLO, let's let's roadcast a pro up, which is this fancy little box that I'm recording this audio to you. Um, and let's lug it all over to, to Africa and give it a go. Um, as for where I'd like to take the podcast, it will definitely revolve around travel and culture. Whilst kicking around on the other side of the world, I want to uncover the the stark differences between living in an African country and Western life and society. I want to go into the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I really just want to narrate all the things that I get up to and all the new things that I find that are quite unfamiliar to me. Um, Although we'll be doing a sprinkle of solo episodes, I do want um, guests to be the the more common format of the podcast. Not only do I want to chat about my own crazy experiences that I've had, um, I also want to chat about the experiences of others. Diaspora is a term that is used over here, which means someone who's grown up in another country but um, has heritage to this to their local country. So, um, for example, I'm a Somali diaspora because I've grown up my whole life in in Australia, but I have Somali um, descent. So yeah, there's quite a strong community of Somaliland diasporas over here. So I definitely want to get a few of them on the podcast to really find out what brought them over here. Other than that, I don't want to put too many labels on the podcast because I'm sure it is likely to change. 
Now that that is out of the way, I want to get into where I am currently and some of my first impressions. Um, As I have alluded to, I am currently abiding in Hargeisa, which is the capital city of Somaliland. I want to start off by noting that Somaliland is not the same as Somalia. Somaliland is its own region and does its own thing. I believe that um, Somaliland gained independence from Somalia in the early 1990s when Siad Bada, who was like a, a military dictator when he was overthrown, that is when Somaliland broke away, I believe. I, I could be wrong, so I might need to fact-check that one. Um, yeah, but quite often the media will group Somaliland in with mainland Somalia. So, for example... Terrorist group Al-Shabaab only has a presence in Somalia, although the media are very good at making the rest of the world think that Al-Shabaab is in rule in Somaliland as well, which makes Somaliland look extremely unsafe, um, and that definitely isn't the case. So, yeah, I thought off. I thought I'd start off by different, differentiating between the two because even the lady at Melbourne Airport who was responsible for issuing my boarding pass didn't know that Somaliland was a thing. Um, anyway, I have been in Hargeisa now for a bit over a month and it is still quite surreal to be here. It couldn't be any more different to Australia. From the people, the roads, the culture, even even the weekends are different over here. So the back end of a Thursday and a Friday are the weekends in Somalia and Somaliland. Um, and then Saturday and Sundays are just normal working days. So that was quite a bit of a change to get used to. I do want to start off, though, with the roads. So there are genuinely no road rules over here. Firstly, the motorways are quite regularly shared with goats, sometimes donkeys, the, the, the occasional camel you'll see, and I even once saw a turtle crossing one of our main roads over here. Um, so that was definitely a bit of a shock when first coming here. Seatbelts. So the use of seatbelts are non-existent over here. So cars still obviously have them, but I am yet to see a passenger actually wearing their seatbelt. I have become accustomed to the no seatbelt thing now, but it did take me a while, I must admit. Out of habit, I would go to put my seatbelt on and halfway through realized that seatbelts weren't cool over here and then slowly released the strap, hoping that no one saw me putting on my seatbelt like like a big softie. Um, pedestrians. So pedestrians over here cross the road as if 
they are blindfolders. So we drive a big Land Cruiser over here and it sometimes feels as though I am driving a ball of cotton wool by the way that people will walk directly in front of the car with zero care in the world. The saying goes that in Somaliland that goats are actually better and are more diligent at crossing the roads than humans are. And I can definitely attest to that. It is truly remarkable. Um, by the way, yeah, people will just jump in front of your car as if you are as if you are nothing. Um, another aspect of Somaliland roads is that drivers will take phone calls with their phones right up to their ears whenever they please. So that's been quite funny to see, given it's such a big no-no in Australia. The Australian police force would have an absolute field day over here. There'd be fines and demerit points flying out the window. Um, I actually wonder what would warrant you, a person, to lose their licence over here in Somaliland. Um, I'm sure it'd be nothing short of running someone over and severely injuring them that would cause someone over here to lose their license. Um, this, although this could be the craziest thing about the roads over here. And I see this happen at least twice or three times a day, I reckon. Um, but quite often you will see, uh, a driver who is driving down the road and he, he notices a friend who is driving on the opposite side and he will proceed to slow down his vehicle, wind the window down, and then completely bring their car to a stop still and have the the most ch- most casual chat to their to their pal that you'll ever see. It is quite ridiculous because this can happen on main roads that are backed up completely with traffic. So whilst 10, 20, 30 cars beat the shit out of the two pals. Um, they will continue to have their conversation as if nothing is happening. It is freaking crazy. It just makes you think if that type of thing were to happen on on Hoddle Street, on Wednesday Arvo maybe during peak hour traffic, um, I just couldn't fathom it. There would definitely be fifth thrown, I reckon. Our, our car over here is a manual, so one of the first things on the agenda was learning how to drive a manual, and for some of the reasons I just discussed, I cannot say it was a smooth process. <laughs> they um, they drive on the right side of the road over here, so getting used to driving on the right side of the road combined with um, pedestrians who have no concern for their life combined with getting used to um, a third pedal which is which is which is sometimes called the clutch combined with having to maneuver goats and sheeps I can honestly say it was the epitome of being thrown in the deep end nowadays I can safely say that manuals are my friend although as you can imagine this wasn't always the case. 
I I will I will let you in on a little story that may may have very well been one of the more embar- embarrassing moments in recent memory for me. So it happened when I was about two or three days into learning how to drive a manual and I was driving up one of the busiest streets in our area and as usual, it was bumper-to-bumper traffic and I was driving uphill. And as all of you superior humans out there who can drive a manual may know when you've sort of stopped on an upwards trajectory and need to release the brake to be able to accelerate, it's sometimes a case where you'll just naturally roll back a touch before you can move forward. Um, Now, another part uh, I forgot to mention about Somaliland driving is that nine out of 10 times, the car behind you will be right up your ass. And it was no different on this occasion. Um, And even worse, it was a packed bus that was right behind me. So it was my time to accelerate up this hill and I completely completely skitzed out. As the bus behind me, as usual, was right at my clacker and I couldn't seem to move forward without me feeling like I would roll backwards and hit this bus. To make matters even worse, after about two or three attempts, the bus started honking the bejeebas out of me and I don't think I have ever crumbled harder in my life. Got to the point where I completely gave up, swallowed my pride and did the walk of shame in front of rows and rows and traffic of traffic over to the passenger seat so my dad could take the wheel. It was it was rough, um, and that moment definitely still haunts me. Uh, haunts me, I must say. Moving on, moving on, moving on. I <laughs> now want to talk about the Smileyland people. the The way that Somalis communicate is definitely very different to some of the other countries out there. If you didn't understand the culture, it may look as though um, two Somalilanders having a normal conversation do so by yelling and screaming at each other. Now, obviously, I have been privy to this sort of thing growing up, but it is a whole different kettle of fish when you're over in the country and you're part of it and amongst it. Um, I remember doing a uni subject and we're looking at direct versus indirect communication styles. Japanese people were prime example of indirect communicators, in, indirect communicators. Um, and on the complete opposite side of that scale would be Somaliland to, uh, some of the most direct people that you'll ever come across. They just say it how it is. They get straight to the point and there is no fluffing around. My dad was telling me the other day that when him and I were walking, a random man on the street stopped him and came came up to him and started having a go at him and, and calling him an idiot for me not knowing how to speak Somali and him not sort of teach me it 
Um, this guy was a complete random that we didn't know at all, but I guess was a great example of Somalilanders just saying it how it is and saying whatever is on their mind, which which I love. I guess the good thing about that, though, is that the way that Somalilanders communicate, I would say, ties back to how honest they are in people um, and really just how safe it is over here that they don't – they say it how it is, really. Um, another thing that I've picked up over here uh, that um, Somalilanders – for Somalilanders, cutting lines is quite common practice. I reckon within the first 24 hours of being here, on three occasions, I had someone cut in front of me in a line. I will say, though, it does go both ways. So when I was at Egal Airport, which is the airport over here, I was at one of the customs desks and was told to head over to another desk. And in doing so, I jumped a massive queue um, of about 20 or 30 people and everyone seemed more than happy to let me slide in. So even though Somalilanders themselves like to cut through, they will allow you to cut through as well. So it's a fair, it's a pretty fair place. <laughs> Another thing is the intense stares that I get from the people over here, which I guess isn't different from foreigners in other countries around the world, but the stares that Somalilanders give give you a a quite different. You you know when you catch a little kid or a baby staring at you, and they continue it they continue to stare at you even when you're looking back at them dead in the eyes. That is exactly how the Somalilanders stare. They um they have absolutely no filter. I have been in a numerous amount of staring contests and, um, yeah, I'm really starting to hone, hone my craft and, yeah, get better at staring these people dead in the eyes when they continue to <laughs> just be interested in what I'm up to. Um, yeah, but overall, my experience with people here has been absolutely lovely. Everyone is so kind and and helpful. They're just more so intrigued with who I am and what I'm doing over here. They're just curious people, I guess. Um, but when the locals find out that I'm from overseas, although have Somaliland heritage and roots, um, they're thrilled to hear it. Um, and yeah, they're willing to help and trying to make my life easier, where, easier wherever they can. Um, since being over here, one of the most common questions that I'm asked is how I'm finding Hargeisa. And my response is normally something along the lines of that it's such a relaxing and laid back lifestyle. Um, and what I mean by that, there just seems to be no rush with anything. Like things get done when they get done and everyone just chills out really. Um, one of the first assumptions that you could make when being over in Somaliland is that the people here don't actually work and they just roam around and drink tea all day. Um, but yes, it's very laissez-faire, I would say. Sure, many aspects of the life here is the complete opposite of relaxing and, uh, and is quite chaotic. 
like the roads, for example, or sometimes the bathroom situation. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel more present over here. Um, it's not the case where sometimes in Melbourne I would feel like I was living for the weekend a little bit. Um, over here, every day sort of feels like a weekend. It's just more consistent in in your ups and downs, I guess. You get more joy, I find, out of the simpler things like just going for a walk in the sun or chilling out and having a chat with the locals. Don't get me wrong, many people do really struggle over here and live off very little. So in that sense, the lifestyle isn't relaxing. But from my perspective, which is definitely somewhat privileged, I've found that Smileland offers a very simple, laid-back, pure life. Um, The consequence, though, of such a laid-back life is that sometimes shit just doesn't get done. Um, And there's no better example of this than my Somaliland ID card saga. When I arrived here, I was told by many people that I should look to get my Somaliland ID card as soon as I could, just in case the authorities were to ever ask any questions, especially when I was driving. Um, I was also told that given the contacts we have over here, that it shouldn't take more than a few days for me to receive my ID card, which I took for face value. Um, That was supported by the fact that my younger brother, Leo, got his ID card within three or four days of applying for one. But I can definitely say this hasn't been the case for me. I think now I have done six or seven trips to the Minister of Interior, I think, I believe the establishment is called. Um, And each time I've been there, I thought that it would be the last time that I need to make the trip out. Although I am yet to get the freaking ID card. The, The latest on that is I don't even know what the latest is. Oh, I'll have to get an update. But, um, but yes, one of the downfalls of living in such a chill place is the, is, is the lack of urgency, I guess. <laughs> moving on, moving on. We, um, we live about 10 minutes out of Hargeisa city center, although it is still quite hustle, hustle and bustle where we live and it's very similar to the city. But since being over here, I have made a few trips out into the actual sticks where the life is even simpler than what it is in the city. The first trip out that I made was to a town called Haddaf, um, which is still quite close to our place. So um, even though Haddaf is about 20 minutes away, it still feels as though that you are truly out in the bush. We went out to Harav to meet one of our Eddors, or aunties as they're called, which was really cool. So, yeah, it was just cool just to see how different these people do it. They live in these little little huts sort of made of corrugated iron and it's not, lo- it's not a lot that they have out there. So it was cool to see the crew out in Harav um, and shout out to Edo Nafisa who is holding it down out there um the second trip the second trip that i made out into the sticks 
we went a bit further out of town to see some more relatives. I actually forget what this town was called. Um, but the most memorable part of this trip was meeting some of the young boys there and their utter look of disbelief when they saw me for the first time. It was as if as though I was an alien. At first, they were actually genuinely scared of me. Um, and they were even more shocked when their mum told the little fellas that I was actually related to them, that, yeah, this big, funny-looking white man was, yeah, their second cousins or so. So that was really funny to see those little guys out there. Um, the third trip that we made was out to a town called Daraslam, which was about an hour away. On the drive to Daraslam, I think it was the most animals I'd seen on a trip out. I saw a few monkeys, I saw an antelope, and I saw a pumba. So what I don't know what animal pumba is, but I definitely saw a little pumba scurry around. So that was really cool, cool to see. Uh, our trip to our trip to Slam was to see another Edor of ours, who is the kindest little old lady ever. The rule is when you go see this Edor that you can't tell her that you're coming, or else she will slaughter a goat for you to eat whilst you're there. Um, once one of my uncles from Melbourne went out to go see her, and she was. So upset that he didn't give her the heads up that she made him take a live goat out with him home back to Hardcases. So, yeah, she is a big, big cutie. Um, all of these trips out of town were really eye-opening to see how good we really have it in, in Western countries. It made it clear to me that you really don't need a lot to be happy and yeah, we should really be re- we should really be grateful for what we have back home in Australia. Um, to wrap things up, overall, I am loving my time over here in Somaliland. I I love the people, I love the lifestyle. I just love how different it is to Australia, and how I can wake up in the morning and go see some camels in our backyard on dirt roads. It's just, yeah, vastly different to what I'm used to, I guess, and it's been really, really cool to see. I am also very excited at the idea of building a platform to be able to share how people on the other side of the world do things and live, and I can't wait to, yeah, get chatting to some interesting people who have some reason, yeah, trekked over to to some different African countries. But, my friends, I am going to leave it there and that will conclude my first solo episode of the podcast. It was lovely to speak to you all and I hope there weren't too many ums and ahs in there. I hope to get better with that. Um, there's another one there for you. I Yeah, next episode I am hoping to get a guest on so it won't just be me dribbling to myself but if you've made it this far thank you so much for listening and i will catch you next time peace